Welcome to the Kitchen Sink meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Please note, we will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. The purpose for this meeting is to help anyone who thinks that they have an eating problem. This is a workshop meeting, and we hope that by asking questions, you will better understand our program. Now is the time for the leader to qualify. Let my higher power in here for a second. Hi, everybody. My name is Phil. I'm a compulsive overeater. I came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. What is it? Um, November 1st, 2008. I came crawling into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, and uh, it was July 1st, 2009. Uh, I got abstinent. But uh, there's a lot of space in between here and here, but I'll, I'll share. Uh, let me share a picture. At my top weight, it was 313 pounds. Yeah, I just came off a cruise. I tell you, those cruises, uh, there's something with that. All right, uh, let me allow me to show you guys a picture real quick. Share screen. And hereby, share picture. And one, and two, and share. Bam. All right. So this is me. Needless to say, you know, I'm smiling. I'm rising, but I ain't shining over here. It's like, that's how I rolled. In fact, this kind of had my, my, my signature look here. Usually Hawaiian punch, sweatpants, a uh, pair of uh, vans uh, that had holes in the front and holes in the back. And, uh, or, you know, if I was wearing pants, usually suspenders because the belt thing was really not working for me. That's just how I rolled. Uh, oh, I'm going to stop sharing this picture. Damn. All right. How it was, how I got here, and how it is now. And yay, much time. Hmm, I can do that. All right. Let, let me explain. I'll do a little backstory. Um, let's see. When I grew up, I was born in Brooklyn, raised in the Bronx. Um, I always point out that uh, I wasn't Spanish enough for the Spanish kids. I wasn't black enough for the black kids. Everybody's just like, why do you talk like that? Why do you sound like this? And, you know... I just am what I am, you know. Um, now, there was many other things in, in conjunction with this. Uh, I also was bullied in uh, school. You know, I'm a big, fat kid with glasses, easy target, um, and I talked like I talked. So um, it was just a, a kind of a thing. Also, my parents got divorced, so I thought it was my fault. I also got molested, so there was a lot of guilt and shame uh, going on with that too. And what I determined is that I was not going to deal with anybody. I was really antisocial. I did not want to go out to play with other kids. Um, uh, I always show the example of, uh, being outside and, uh, you get the old thing where, uh, you'd walk past a bunch of girls or something like that and the girls would go, Hey, boy, my friend like you. And I'd look back just to peer back, and they would go, him, that fat kid? Ew. Yeah, that's the way of my life. Um, just in general, that, that kind of thinking, you know, even from the relatives, even from the relatives that you really like, you know, um, they would be like, oh, you have such a cute face, but you're so fat. And uh, I even pointed out that even my, my father was sitting me down for the talk, and he was just like, Phil, you are never going to get anybody because you are so fat. And I was just like, oh. And, I, you know, I remember when he was sitting me down for that talk, it was just like the thing that I was focusing on while he was going on about how fat I was is 
how he crossed his legs. He was really into doing this thing where he would cross his legs and put one knee right over the other. And I was just like, I wish, I wish I could, I could do that, that thing that he's doing where he's crossing his legs over the thing. I couldn't do that. I was just doing that thing like, you know, the one leg on top of the thing. Um, also, as a kid, uh, going to out to swim or going to the beach, ugh, it was never a nightmare. Just having to, like, rock a bathing suit. But then, you know, my legs would chafe together and I would get, like, rashes on the inside of my legs. It was just not a good look for me, for me personally. I just couldn't stand it. I didn't want to be part of, I didn't want to be part of your world. So I uh, encased myself in a combination of television, comic books, radio, uh, remember radio, and, and, uh, you know, and, uh, do that, like, to build this wall that would separate me from everyone else, um, so, so that was working for me, and I could only deal with people if you spoke my language, so, and any, like, various comic book nerds or D&D nerds or whatever, like, those people could come through my sphere, you know, because, you know, they were usually like me, they ate like me, they hung out like me, and they partied like me, uh, the equivalent of the partying like me, um, as I grew up, I started uh, uh, getting a little hipper, hanging out with the Rocky Horror Picture Show crowd and going to the movie and hanging out with them. And, and they, they, those guys knew how to party, and, but also hanging out with people that knew how to eat like me and, and hang out like me. And I ended up um, getting married to a woman that could eat like me and party like me and chill like me. But then when it came down to it... Um, all of a sudden, we were doing things where we were, by the time we got married, it was always kind of like um, constantly trying to sabotage each other. But I'll even go before that. I remember um, every time I wanted to, like, I would come to some conclusion. i got to eat healthier. This is pretty bad, you know. I'm constantly, uh, the fat from the back of my throat would go to the, cover my throat hole so I could not breathe and it was ending up choking in the middle of the night and having to go to the doctors and and my wife used to tell me that uh I used to snore so loud that it would shake the house literally and I knew it was true because many times I, I would snore and I would wake myself up I, I was just snoring so loudly and uh you know, I just thought it was just a part of the thing. It's just the way I roll. It's just what I was up to. Um, so, needless to say, I thought the problem was her because every time we would try to go on diets, we tried all those different diets. So there were the ones where you shake stuff and the ones that you, you they ordered the meals for you. They ordered the meals for you. And then I remember um, my wife complaining about she didn't like the way the meals tasted. And I was like, yeah, they really suck. And I remember eating the breakfast, lunch, and dinner all in one shot, mine and hers. That was, I felt there wasn't enough food in that thing. Um, I remember uh, going to a diet doctor um, and giving you – they would give us these vitamin B12 shots that you shoot into your leg. Um, you had to do it every day. And I remember my weight was going down. But then after a while, my weight kept going up because I was eating in compensation with the amount of weight that I was losing. So I kept on gaining more and gaining more. So they were just like, I don't understand why why he's doing this. And then eventually it came to a part that um, I had that sleep apnea thing. And I remember going into the doctor for the sleep apnea test, like, you know, when they have all the wires and things all hooked to you. And um, they're, they're like, you know, they put a little blue line every time that you uh, – Every time that you stop breathing, but I have this big blue bar, and that's how many times I kept stop 
kept stopping breathing during the, the, the little night thing. And, uh, they, they, they thought, they said that basically you're, you're breathing like, it's like you're 40% underwater the way that you breathe. It's like that's how much oxygen you're getting. And then people think I have narcolepsy all the time because I'm always falling asleep all the time. I'm falling asleep all the time. Um, I remember being even at movie theaters, I'm at the theater and, um, people were like, stop snoring. And I'm like, I'm not snoring. I'm literally awake, but I'm just breathing so loudly. Everybody thinks I'm snoring, which was another thing. So I needed a solution on this. Um, now I knew that there was a thing called 12 step and I knew that, that I hear that that works. You know, there was other issues. I'm not going to go get into details of it, but I gave that a try and I was able to stop other things. So I was like, okay, this thing got to work. If that thing works, how can I apply it to a uh, food? But wait for it. Before it came down to that point, um, uh, my mother dies. My mom dies, and she's 50 years old. A lifetime of eating horribly and living horribly. Catch up with her, and on her deathbed, she tells me to change my life, and I do not understand how. I don't get it. I don't can't put it together in my mind. I was thinking, like, maybe change my hair color or something like that. Maybe that might do it. I couldn't piece it together. Only until, like, 10 years later, after that, I'm able to piece together that it might be the food. Um, I remember arguing with uh, my sponsor from another program, and he's, he's telling me, you know, we were doing stuff work, and I'm arguing with him <laughs> because after eating everything, I wanted to lift the plate, and he was like, grab the plate. So I wouldn't embarrass myself by licking the plate <laughs> in the middle of a crowded diner, and I'm saying, I'm rationalizing to him. I said, I paid for this. I have the right to lick that plate. And it, and then he said, you might need to go into a program for the things that are killing you. You go in the order of the things that are killing you. And then, and only then, I was able to understand he might have been wrecked. Okay, I could give that a try. I could do that. By this time, I divorced my wife because she was the problem. She was, she was sabotaging me from, you know, this. And once I was divorced, I was able to, to get out there in the world and do the exercise that I needed to do and stop eating the way that I was going to just, just get my life back on track. You know, I'm going to be like the divorcee, going to be getting, getting, you know, putting on that muscle mass and doing that stuff. Not so much. I sat around, um, just knocking myself out and eating and then waking up and then knocking myself out again, eating. And it was just this life and, I gained even more weight from that. So I didn't have a solution, but until I got into the other rooms and they hipped me to these rooms, I was, like, able to get a semblance of that. So I get myself a sponsor. Um, I did not want a sponsor. You know, I just wanted literature. And then to be out, not so much. I wanted to get a li- get the literature so I could read that, lose weight, get a girlfriend, and life would be good for me. Not so much. I ended up getting the sponsor. We ended up doing that work, going through that big book, reading through it. Between that and the the Overeaters Anonymous uh, literature, it was like that, 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 that. We would go through this, and he he was painstaking. He would be like, we'd read a paragraph, and he'd be like, what do you think about that? And I'd have to answer. And I'm a school teacher, so, you know, I'm a good student. You know what I mean? But I felt like I just wanted to just be done with this. But I was willing to shut up. You know, and just listen and do the things he suggested. 
going to meetings, doing service, doing these things I didn't want to do, um, asking for people's numbers, which I did not want to do, and then calling people and calling them and saying, all resentful, you know, my sponsor told me to call people, and they would be like, hey, how are you doing today? And I'm like, Ugh. I'm miserable because once I started cutting up, uh, following my food plan, getting myself a nutritionist, getting a food plan, sticking to the food plan, um, I started, you know, realizing I'm the, uh, I'm, I'm going through withdrawal from these various different things I was eating all the time. You know, I wanted those things because, you know, and I learned with a combination of many different things. Sometimes you need, uh, you need, it takes a village. I always say nutritionist, um, therapist, whatever situation. There's all these different things that you might need, yoga instruction, whatever you're doing. But the main point of this thing, the main linchpin, the thing that I need to be able to do this thing is a relationship with a higher power, which I personally like to call God. And the way that I got that is by listening to my sponsor, taking my sponsor's recommendations and doing that thing. He would ask me all sorts of questions. What is your concept of a higher power? I don't know. I thought I, you know, I came in here Catholic and it was this way and I, I thought it was this way, but alas, you know, I needed more because being like a good Christian and or whatever got me up to 313 pounds and all the other shenanigans I was up to on the side. So I was able to talk to other people and see their suggestions and see where they were coming from, not even getting their suggestions, just listening to what they were doing. And somebody's like, you know, my higher power thinks I'm a good idea. I'm like, I could take that. Or somebody is a Buddhist and they would talk about their higher power. I like those aspects. You know, and talk to all these different people, and they had all these different concepts. And I was able to come to this conclusion of a higher power that's constantly, always changing, ever roomy. You know, I believe in, like, quantum mechanics, and there's all these different universes all simultaneously going on. And within that, all those, that macrocosm of all these different universes, that is all, to me, a version of God. That, that there's so many things all simultaneously going on, all these different needs all simultaneously happening. And to be here... At this point, this point in time that I do not really even believe that time is a fixed thing, it's a whole big process, and it's always constantly evolving. You know, I believe that cats are angels, so that's a whole other thing. But, you know, talk to me personally about my personal concepts of a power greater than myself. But the main point is this. Everybody can focus on an idea of a thing. I, I always bring up the example of talking about, like, the dog, right? Like, the concept of a dog. Everybody understands what a dog is, right? Everybody thinks about a dog. I personally am thinking about a Chinese crested. You might be thinking about a poodle. You might be thinking about a German shepherd. Everybody has a concept of a dog. So everybody, you flip the letters from D-O-G to G-O-D, and everybody has a concept of God. Even the atheists I've spoken to in time, they've come to some conclusions of things that they could not explain away, that they come to some conclusion um, of a concept of a power greater than themselves. Um, uh, agnostics just means it do, they don't know. In Latin, we do not know. We, if there's something or if there's not something, everybody's able to come to some conclusion of something. So that's 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 what I was able to hold on to, and then to be able to turn my will and my life over to that with my sponsor's help, then to start um, to be able to just let that go, and then start working on my resentments, my sex inventory, my fear inventory. I had a lot of fears going on there. Um, to work on these things, to work on a sex ideal, which is another part, um, to be able to see that um, not just I want I want you to look like this and this and this. No, you're not making a wish list for Santa Claus. No, that's not what you're doing. You're talking about what kind of behaviors do you want to conduct yourself. 
I would like to be in a monogamous relationship. I would like to be, uh, I would like a person that respects my recovery because I've been in relationships with people that did not respect my recovery. Thank you. And they're always like, yo, why can't you just eat like normal people? Yo, why can't you do this thing? Or why can't you have that? Can't we just share a dessert or something like that? And I'm like, no. And then if they keep on hammering me about those things, eventually I'm beginning to think like, hmm, why can't I just eat like a normal person? And then I realize, yo, I got to drop that person because you know what? No, no food that I would have would be so delicious that I'd want to ruin my abstinence. No relationship with any person. I don't care. You know, you do it all for the nookie, whatever. It cannot be that awesome that I am willing to throw away my recovery. It can't. The main point is anything that I put in front of my recovery is, is going to go. Anything that I'm going to put in front of that. My job, everything. So you have to keep it focused on the here, the now. The relationship with the higher power is the now. In the big book it says, uh, may you, may you find him. Now. It doesn't say may you find him on Monday. Or may you find a higher power next week. Or next month. I don't got time like that. I've seen too many people. My aunt just had her legs amputated because of diabetes and continuing to eat the way that they're gonna eat. I mean, come on. The main point is I've seen so many people, I've had friends that went blind from this, you know, but you know what? This disease is slow and patient and it will wait for you and it will take you out. So I got to keep that at the forefront of my mind. Doing that step work, um, I, I help run step studies and I do the steps over and over again. It's like my eighth time doing the steps again, but you know what? I got to do that like a clock. You know, once you hit 12, you go back to one, you keep doing the thing, you keep doing the thing, you keep doing the thing. Um, I always say, Oh, no, this is in the 12 and 12. I think they said repetition is uh, the only form of permanence that we have, doing the thing over and over again. So doing that thing, uh, fifth step, talking to my sponsor about this thing, um, things that I thought that I would go to the grave with, I talked about it, and I felt so much better afterwards. I learned that I'm not a bad person. I'm a sick person. I'm human, just like everybody else. Six and seven, going through those character defects, um, asking my higher power to remove them because I can't not remove these things. I could act as if I could, but I could have to really just put on my higher power. Please remove this for today. Let me just not be a jackass for today. Let me not act this way for today. Make sure I respect women for today. Do these things. Once I start doing those things, start working on that list for that, uh, writing those amends, getting those things down, writing it all down. Once I write those things down, you know, I, I freaked out. I don't want to do some of these amends. It's like, just write it down. It's just the eighth step. You're writing it down. And then after that, ninth step, doing those amends. I remember doing those amends with so many places I dined and dashed, uh, people whose food I ate. Um, even my ex-wife uh, did uh, amends with her. And I tell you, we were both weepy after that because she said, not only have I seen you change physically, I've seen you change mentally. I've seen you change spiritually. Um, now, note. Side, side, side things. There was a whole bunch of ex-girlfriends I wanted to do a whole bunch of amends with, and my sponsor was like, no, you're just trying to show them how good you look, so stop it. The way that you do this is do a living amends and stop acting like a jackass with women and do those things. And I'm like, oh, okay. So turn away from bad behavior and mean it. Not like, you know, that's the main thing I caught about that night, those nights of amends. You do those things, you turn away from the behavior, and you seriously do it. Because I was, Quick for saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then doing it again. Not so much anymore. Tenth step, um, writing out the tenth step every every day, sending it to my sponsor with a gratitude list of things that I'm grateful for, um, so much to be grateful for. Um, doing that. Uh, tenth, eleventh, 
praying, meditating. Yo, even if you're not doing some big, complicated prayer, you know, you could at least get please or thank you. Simple. You could do that. You could hit your knees. Or you could just have a running convo. Having a running conversation with your higher power and just checking in. Like, God, I'm scared to do this thing. I'm going to do it anyway because I know you got my back. But, you know, please give me the strength to stop complaining about it and just do. That's a good one for me. Uh, then 12, working with sponsees, seeing people's lives change. And, yo, sometimes people's lives change and things are good. Yo, sometimes people die because we all die. Um, I've seen people die in recovery. I've seen uh, my grand sponsees, grand sponsee, lovely kid, 25 years old, in her disease, set forth thing of dominoes, and she died 25. That was crazy. And I've seen people older. I've had sponsees that were like 89 and chill with them and be there when they died and coming in, be the first person in the hospital room after they passed away and be able to help the friends and all the other people and, you know, pray with them while in the room. All right. And uh, so that's 12 step. So all I could do is just encourage you guys, come, do this thing, get involved, get into it, uh, get your, avail yourself to a sponsor, do that step work. You're in a 12 step program. What are you waiting for? I'll leave it at that. Enough said. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own. Oh, yeah, sure. And not that of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you have a question, please click the raise your hand icon. I'll call on you, and if you can then unmute yourself and ask your question. Ready? I see some hands. Here we go. First off. Let's hear, ooh, okay, I'm going to need to ask you to unmute. You do not have to identify yourself. Yeah, you. Me? Yeah, you. Oh, okay. Do you have a morning routine to get your, to get your brain settled before you go into the day? Yes, I wake up crazy every day. So, especially, especially as a, as a school teacher, because I have a hard 5 a.m., you know, hard 5 a.m. wake up. And sometimes I go to sleep late. So, you know, it has to begin before that. Like, you know how they, they say in, in, in the big book, right? They're like, oh, uh, you know, as, as we go at night, you know, we do all these certain things. The first thing I have to do is get off electronics. Don't do the electronic thing and then chill and then pray. Just meditate, pray, get in there, and then slide into bread. You know, sometimes, you know, I've got to get our teeth rushing thing. And i got to floss more, I must admit. And so then, you know, go to sleep, then I wake up, then pray immediately because, like, my urge is to, like, grab my phone because I'm compulsive in every which way. So then after that, you know, toiletries, things like that, brush teeth, etc. Then, in the ideal world, I would sit and meditate and then prepare my breakfast. That's always good. That, 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 that. And always pray before every meal, because if not, I'll pounce on it like an animal. So, thank goodness I don't do that. Right on. Oh, and then I forgot to say, the night before, also, I wrote that 10 step and sent it to my sponsor, and sent some gratitude to other people, too. So, I have, a, like, a gratitude chain of people. Thank you. All right, next up, I'm going to ask the next person to unmute themselves, and they will know. That's how you will know that I'm at, calling upon you. 
Yeah. Hey, Phil. Thank hey. you for sharing your service. Um, I recently fired my higher power, and right now I'm at, in terms of the step two, I am, um, I believe in a power greater than myself. Mm-hmm. Kind of leaning towards values and principles for new higher power. Your experience in the past when you first started doing steps, um, what was the difference between your higher power before and after? Uh, when I, I there was, there is. Yeah, oh, there was, there was. When I first came in, it's like, I'm Catholic and it goes this way. We, we, we have this, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit and all this, and this is how it works. And that's how it was working for a while. But you know what? I always kept on having that nagging suspicion, like, God hates me. God hates me. I used to think that all the time back in the days. God hates me for all these things that I did. And, you know, he's completely unforgiving and he wants to smite me. So then I had to start readjusting that. That's why I started talking to other people, seeing what they're doing. I talked to a lot of people of a lot of different religions. You know, I chill with people of many different religions, and they say they do this, they do that. And I was able to pick and choose what I want from from that and encompass that into my concept of a power greater than myself. So that's how that one works for me. All right. Here's my next person. I am hereby asking you to. Vincent? Yes. Yeah. Hey, Phil. Um, So can you explain... How how do you bring the program and what you have learned in the program into your personal relationships? Say that again? How do you bring the program and what you have learned in the program into the day-to-day of your personal relationships? Yes, bring this into all your affairs. Heck yeah. Um, you know what? For one thing, it really helps with uh, meetings at work. I'm a school teacher, so there's all these things. And also meetings with students. You know, if you... Use an angry man prayer for all these things. You know, God, these people are sick and suffering. You know, you see a lot of that. I mean, you don't obviously take people's inventories and be like, oh, you know, you need program. No, but what you do is you just pray for them and just understand people are sick and suffering. I I carry that a lot of stuff. I do that stuff. Um, When I get angry at people or things like that, I write out a 10-step. I send it to my sponsor. I realize when I have to do amends, sometimes I realize immediately that I have to make an amends. Um, When I do certain behaviors... And in relationships, especially in a romantic relationship, there are ways to conduct oneself in a way that I did not do before. And that is being able to, you know, when I have that list of, you know, my sexual ideal, I stick to that thing. And it really helps with red flags. So I go, I'm talking to various different people, and I'm like, okay, um, respects for recovery. Okay, does this, does that. And, you know, I want somebody that's, like, not crazy, like, on the past, you know. Now, note, I'm also kind of crazy, so I'm like, you know, you look through the list of checklists, and you stick to the list, much like you stick to your food plan, you stick to these things, and don't deviate from that thing. So, hmm. So, you use it in all your prayers. So, you use it work, rest, or play, all those things, relationships, everything, and also a lot of praying, too. That helps. All right, uh, Carol, I'm just going to call on people. Before I was just... Doing the unmuting button, but okay, Carol. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you for your share. You talked about having a sponsee and family members that, you know, just for whatever reason can't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. I don't know. So I, I'm sure we all can relate to that. I can. Can you talk a little bit more about? How you, how you love that person and how you take care of yourself in that relationship and just how you work your program around people that just, for whatever reason, um, can't do it, can't take care of themselves. 
This is a great one because uh, especially that you yeah. really, really, yeah. really love that. Okay. Well, I tell you one thing. Uh, it might be a, a, a thing that a, a lot of people have taught me. They say, "Hey, you know, there's programs for that." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I got that too." And they always say, "Don't eat detached. Don't even try to change him or her." You know, people are going to be people. People are people. All right. Keep that in mind. So with that understood, I accept people because I have some friends that are like compulsive liars. They are a compulsive liar. They are incapable of telling the truth. And you know what? I have a thing set in my brain. They, I'm talking to them on the phone only five minutes. And if they start launching into a story, I'm just going to be like, yo, I got to go. Because, you know, me trying to explain to you that you are a liar. That's not the way this works. This person is the way that they are. You know, I can't think of the the reasons that they are doing those things. You know, I'm sure there's some complicated backstory, but I don't need to get into it. I love you for who you are, and I don't have to do that. Now, sometimes there's situations where some people are really toxic. And to be able to be in a situation, I have to think about what am I truly getting out of this relationship? Is it, you know, is it impeding my recovery? I always have to measure that thing. Is this relationship with this person that's always with their hair on fire, always doing some drama that they always need to be rescued? It is not helping yet. And me just being pulled into their drama is not helping. And I've had to let some people go. And it was like close friends, best friends. And, you know, I used to think, but they're my friend. We've been through so much. But really, you have to really pray about these things. I worked, I talked to my sponsor about it. I wrote many, 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 many tenth steps over this stuff. And I was able to be that I have to let this person go. And I believe me. A side of me always wants to go back. They're they're threatening suicide. They're threatening. I hear they're threatening. They're putting things on the internet about me. I'm like, oh, anything to get a reaction. And I have to just know the best reaction is no reaction. It is not helping the situation, and it's only trying to pull me back into the drama. And I am not trying to get into that drama. So, A, love people, but also know, you know, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Yeah, for that, you know. <laughs> That's what the serenity prayer is all about, you know. Know what we control and we'll know what we can't. All right. So thank you. I hope that answers the question. All right. Hey, Mark, got a question? Yes. Good morning. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for your share. Related a lot to it. Um, my question is those past relationships where you felt comfortable, the people who did the same things you did, uh, not just for food, but other things. Do you still stay in touch with those things and you still do those things or have you evolved and done, try to find new things to, you know, to evolve from that? Right on. Well, you know what? There's, there's, there's two different methods that are dealt with that. Uh, now they always say, um, replacing behaviors, like certain behaviors of certain things I did, you know, you could replace behaviors with things with more healthier options. Like instead of doing this thing, I might, you know, do that thing or go go to the gym more or do this more, or do these healthier things more, um, get involved with that thing. But there are some stuff that I still do, you know, um, let's say, for example, like Rocky Horror stuff, like every once in a while, I always like to, I always used to go. I used to be a performer with them, and then every once in a while, it's still like when they when they break the old timers day out, they they say, "Hey, come perform with us." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll come out." So it's like that kind of thing too. It's like you know, you're still part of it, but just understand, like you you are of the world and you are not of the world. What that means, like you're rolling in this recovery way, and sometimes you never know when you can help. I remember being there once and chilling, and there was a person that was really having a bad time of it. You could tell, you know. 
and sometimes you talk to people in whatever recovery situation is, and you have experience that could help people. You know, I, you know, in all things, especially even in school situations, I remember somebody being like, hey, I heard you lost all this weight. Ooh, best one ever. Um, my, like my high school reunion went over there. People are like, hey, you used to be like really fat. Like, what happened? What did you do? And I'm like, eat right, exercise. And they're like, don't give me that. What did you really do? I said, well, I got into a 12 step program, Overeaters Anonymous, and I availed myself to a sponsor and I did steps. That sounds too hard. But you know what? I talked to other people that really even spoke to me, serious about that. Serious about that, that they tried OA and they wanted to get back into it. And you know what? That same year, that woman that I had that conversation with died, heart attack, straight up. This is not a game. This is not a charade. For real. Know this. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, no. Trying to go for it. All right, taking more questions. We still have, we still have a little time. Any other questions? Five more minutes. Okay, five more minutes. I'll take some of that. Um, okay. Adele, you pressed the no button. So that's no question or a yes question? Adele, did you hit that on purpose or not? I think the next one is Michael B. Okay, I'll take Michael B. Michael B for 200, please. You can unmute yourself, though. Thank you. Can you hear me? I'm yes. on my microphone. Oh, good. Thanks. Uh, you uh, seem uh, as crazy as I do. But the question is, I am also a school teacher, and how do you use that wonderful frenetic energy to enhance your your uh, your employment and your teaching capabilities? <laughs> All right. Uh, the one thing I learned in teaching, the main thing is to always protect your pension, protect you know your protect your career, and this has definitely helped with that. Another thing is. Um, when I first, before I came in, I was always thinking, it's about me. It's about me. The Board of Education owes me a living. Not so much. In program, I realize I am a servant. I'm here to serve. Um, even with the interview with the school, I said, how can I be best of service to the administration? And how can I be best of service to my students? And I have to think about that every day. Because a lot of students, they are coming in with all sorts of problems. And I really have to detach with love. And I really have to keep in mind that they are acting out in all sorts of ways and being defiant and doing all these things and understand they are sick and suffering people. Always maintain my composure. Always make sure that you know that it's not you. Nothing to eat over. Never anything to eat over. And I tell you, every once in a while, they, they see you eating and they see what you're eating and they're like, Mr., why are you eating like that? Why are you, you know, you have all this like fancy food and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, this is just the way I eat, and I talk to them. Or then every once in a while, there's a kid that's really, really big, and they'll ask you questions like, I heard you used to be 300 pounds. And I'll be like, yeah, I used to be 300 pounds. And I did these things, and I took these steps in. You know, there is a program about that, that, you know, that a person could choose to look into it if they want to, maybe when you're older. Or you can look into it now, just saying. Not telling you what to do, but it is there. Just saying. Presenting options, leaving toolkits at people's feet. Not trying to be too all up in this because, you know, there's a separation of church and state. I don't think there's, you know, it's a thing. But it's usually people that work in my job usually step to me and ask me all sorts of questions. Like, I heard you do that thing and you're healthy and you're stuff like that. It's a thing. I hope that answered questions. Yeah, no? Yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. All right, we got three more minutes left for another question. Three, two, 
Alright. One if I'm allowed to ask twice. Can he ask the second question? I, yeah. I go for seconds. I go for seconds. Well, so, I love that. Right. So, your story seems to have such a nice linear progression. Yeah, but I presume you must have had times of doubt. And um, so, can you talk a little bit, if that's the case, about what you have resorted to and how you have actually dealt with those? All right. Well, for one thing, I still do not believe that time is a linear thing. I mean, we see it. It's the dash between our birthday and our death day. But still, the main point is we exist here now. How can I best put it? All right. Let me, let me, let me, all right. Let me answer your question exactly this. Give me the last part of the question. How did you, what did you restore, what did you go to when you actually had times of doubt? Oh, yo, that happens all the time. It's a constant. Like I said, it looks linear because we're speaking in a linear thing. I have a, so, a short amount of time to explain everything that's ever happened. But, yo, there is times of doubt all the time. Seriously. Try, you, try dating in a world of COVID. Seriously. And it's some nutty stuff going on right now. But you know what? And, and lots of self-doubt. You know, yo, body dysmorphia is a real thing. Orthorexia is a real thing. Seriously, I sit there all the time thinking like, all right, I gotta comb this thing over because I wanna make sure that it doesn't look like I'm losing hair in this spot. But you know what? And I will focus on that. And I'll focus on that. I'll focus on that. I will focus on many things. But, Always, constantly, please, God, remove this defective character from me. I am feeling envious. I am feeling jealous. I am feeling scared. I am feeling angry. I am feeling all these things. Please remove it from me just for today so I can do this thing and I can be a better service to you and my fellows. God, put that on a – put a pin on that all day, every day, every single second of the day. And because it happens all the time. Yo, I was having some doubts yesterday, having some doubts before that. I'll be having some doubts later on today. It's part of the thing. We wake up crazy. I wake up crazy. I have moments of craziness all day, every day. That's why I got asking. Okay, time out. Time out of that. Thank you so much. Thank you for asking that question. Oh, yeah.